Reintroducing the Iced Apple Crisp Oat Milk Macchiato from Starbucks. Now with Starbucks Blonde Espresso and Oat Milk, layered with flavors of apple, cinnamon, and brown sugar, and topped with a spiced apple drizzle. Welcome back, fall. Order today with the Starbucks app. Marshall. There was a day when this country was crisscrossed by railroads. Things have changed. We have gained something, but we have lost much. And one of the close, intimate things that have disappeared from our lives is our dependence on the train. The great embracing days of the great embracing railroads have come to an end. Our mystery drama, The Train Stops, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Elspeth Eric and stars Norman Rose. It featured in part by Buick Motor Division and Contact, the 12-hour cold capsule. I'll be back shortly with Act One. The 20th Century Limited, The Chief, The Commodore. These were some of the great trains. Trains on which it was an experience to travel. It was not just a question of speed. It was the amenities they offered. The grave and solicitous porters and waiters. The carefully prepared food, carefully served. The panel drawing rooms and compartments. And the berths, upper and lower behind dark green curtains. Today, the trains are only pathetic victims of indifference and neglect and decay. The trains used to stop at Dandridge. Not the express trains, of course. Dandridge is quite a small town. We don't even have a library. Still... The local trains stopped at Dandridge until the railroad started to decline. And then, little by little, they started taking us off their schedule. Till finally we weren't listed at all. Old Ben Harper, who'd been station master since Lord knows when, was out of a job. What are you going to do now, Ben? Oh, got a little pension. So what'll you do? I got myself a room up over the ice cream parlor across from where the railroad station used to be. Never thought I'd live to see the station house torn down. Yeah, weeds have already grown up where it used to be. But, Ben, what are you going to do with yourself? Mm, well, there's always a chance somebody might want me to flag down a train. <laughs> Not likely. Not many trains. Well, two in the morning, three in the afternoon. Nothing after nine o'clock, and that's when I go to bed. That's all you do? Watch the trains go past? Oh, I, I read the papers. Try to keep up, and... I spend time with the old railway guide that has all the schedules all over the country, arrivals, departures, and makes good reading. About wore out my old copy. My son sent me an airplane guide. You can imagine what I did with that. <laughs> well, maybe someday the train will come back. Oh, we really need him, Dr. Barnes. Yeah. Well, take care of yourself, Ben. I'll see you around. Oh, Dr. Barnes, how's Mary? Oh, Mary's all right. Your girl sure loves the old trains. See her down there every day. Stands and watches the 516 go through. <laughs> she 
she really loves trains. Yeah. Only one train, Ben. The 516. A man shouldn't bring up a little girl by himself. No matter how hard he tries, he just isn't up to it. He'll fail in little ways, ways he knows nothing about, because he's a man. My wife died giving birth to our daughter. I never wanted to marry again. I'm a doctor, and my office is in my house, and I thought, heck, I'll always be around. She can always come to me. And I was always around, and she did come to me, but I didn't always understand. I, uh, I'll try and, and tell you how it was. Good dinner, Mary. Just a lot of leftovers thrown together. <laughs> Sometimes that's the best kind of dinner. You want some coffee? Well, I shouldn't, but I do. There's lots of things we shouldn't do, but we, we do. Sometimes they're the best things. Mary, tell me, how is everything going, huh? Everything is all right. You know how everything is. No, I don't. I'm busy all day, sometimes nights, too. What do you want to know? Well, about boys, for instance. Which boys? Oh, Ralph Jones, Charlie Radway, uh, Herb Nystrom. You know, all those boys you went to high school with. Uh, they used to be around a lot. That was before... When I was a child. And now you're a big grown-up lady. Well, I'm not a child. You're 18. Time to be thinking about boys, you know, thinking seriously. I can't think seriously about Herb and Ted. Well, you'll meet somebody one of these days. I already have, Papa. You have? Who? He came to the store yesterday. Well, who is he? He came to town on the 516. He's from out of town? Where out of town? Someplace. Well, I know that. Well, what does he do uh, for a living? He, he sells housewares. That's how I happened to meet him. He came to my counter and asked me where to find the buyer. Mm. And that's all that happened? After he saw the buyer, he came back. He hadn't sold anything. But he said it didn't matter. Didn't matter? That's a fine kind of salesman. It didn't matter because he'd found me. Oh, Mary. He said I was what he was looking for all his life. Sweetheart, that's the oldest line in the world. It wasn't a line. It was true. Now, honey... Because he's what I've been waiting for all my life. See what I mean? A woman would have known what to do, what to say. A woman would have known how to deal with something like that. But my daughter was so, so certain, so dignified, so removed from me. A father loves his daughter, loves her dearly. To him, she's a little princess. Well, now my little princess had become a queen, and she was scarcely mine anymore. She was in command. Whatever she wanted to do, she had a sovereign right to do. And I didn't feel I had a right to interfere. For lack of anything better to do, I went to see Ben Harper, the station master, my old friend. Ben, there's something that I want to ask you. Sure, anything at all, Dr. Barnes. Ben, I need your help. Yeah, not many people need my help anymore. They keep taking off the trains. Nobody will need it. They'll be retired for good. <laughs> uh, I want to ask you about the 516. Oh, yeah, good train. 
Not what she used to be when she had a club car and all, but a good train. Good commuter's train. Ben, who rides it? Oh, just the regulars that work in the city. Engineer's a friend of mine. Known him for 30 years. Mm. You watched it come in yesterday? Of course I did. Always go out and exchange a few words with my friend. Yeah. Who got off? Oh, the regulars. Bob Radway, his son, Charlie. You know them all. Nobody else? Nobody knew? Nope. Ben, my daughter Mary says a man came to the store yesterday. She met him. She says he got off the 516. If he did, he must have been pretty spry about it. Must have hopped off while I was conversing with the engineer. Oh, there she is now. Coming around the bend. Oh, I've got to get out and say hello to my friend. Oh, 516 is long for this world. They're taking us off a schedule any day now. I couldn't think what to say to Mary. I didn't know if there was anything to say. A father knows how to love a daughter. Oh, he knows that very well. But when it comes to her life, her happiness, picking the right man, he doesn't know a thing. I suppose maybe because in his heart he thinks he's the really right man. And of course, that's not possible. So he'd like Mr. Second Best to be the best of all those others. Mm, good dinner, Mary. It's a new recipe. It's fine. It's the sour cream that does it, I think. <laughs> uh, how's everything going? No, fine. Um, have you seen, you know, what's his name? Uh, from out of town? Oh, yeah. Do you see him often? Once a week, at least. Hmm? You never told me his name. Do you really care what his name is? Of course I care. Any man my daughter's interested in, I want to know his name and a lot of other things besides. You do? Well, don't you? Not particularly. Oh, now, Mary, that's not right. Is it wrong? Oh, I didn't say it was wrong, but if you're going to go on seeing him, you well, you should know all about him. You should bring him home so I can meet him and see what, what kind of a man he is, even if you're not serious about him. Oh, I'm serious about him, all right. You mean you want to marry him? And you don't even know his name or where he comes from or anything? I know his name. And I know where he comes from. Well, tell me. Not yet, Papa. Now, look, Mary, I've got a right to know. It's my right and it's my duty. I'm your father. I'll tell you someday. I want to know now. Oh, Papa... Haven't you ever had something that was... That was your very own... Very private, very personal. Something nobody else would understand. Because you can't understand it yourself. And if you tried to tell anybody about it... Why, it might slip away from you. Right while you were telling about it... You might lose it. Oh, can't you understand that, Papa? I can try. That's all I can do. Just try. I know young people like to keep secrets from their parents. I guess from the age of three or four, they start hiding things. Maybe before that, for all I know. I think they're scared of those big giants, their parents. Those giants who have the last word about everything, who say yes or no to each last little thing. I've been 
poking and prying into my daughter's life since the day she was born. Now she was 18, and she'd met up with something that was none of my business. So she thought. She wasn't going to permit me a yes or a no or a maybe. Oh, if only a mother had lived. But no use going into that. I had to deal with this the best I could by myself. If I could just figure out how. Well, one late afternoon, there was a knock at the door to my office. Door's open. Come on in. Well, come in. The door's not locked. Oh, for the love. I'm coming. Didn't you... Dr. Barnes. Um, didn't, didn't you see the sign? Knock and enter. It says, well, come on in. Uh, have a seat. I won't be staying. Well, you can't just rush off. Now, what seems to be the trouble? Oh, you think I'm ill. Well, that's generally why people turn up at a doctor's office. It's not about myself I wanted to see you. It's about your daughter. Well, what do you know about my daughter? She's in love. Isn't she? Do you know my daughter? Please answer my question. Well, there, yeah, there, there's a man and she seems interested. I don't, I don't know that anything's going to come of it. Nothing will come of it. You must tell her. Nothing will come of it. Well, I don't know why you say that. Because the man is mine. I don't much care for people who drop in unexpectedly. Do you? I think people should get in touch before times and ask if it's convenient and set an hour. No matter how intimate, how attractive, even how welcome a visitor might be, it's always better to be expected. There are many happy surprises in life, but uninvited, unanticipated visitors, as far as I'm concerned, is not one of them. I'll come back in a short while with Act Two. Dr. Barnes' daughter, Mary, is in love with or enthralled by a man her father has never met. A man who comes to the small town of Dandridge each week on the 516 train. The doctor's wife has been dead for 18 years since the birth of their only child. And the father is acutely conscious of his own inadequacy to deal with the romantic problem of his only child. If, indeed she will permit him to have any part in them at all. His perplexity is not eased in the least by the visit of a strange woman with a strange prescience of his daughter's future. Your daughter's in love, isn't she? Well, if there's a man, I don't know that anything will come of it. Nothing will come of it. The man is mine. Madam, I think you would best tell me who you are. You don't recognize me, do you? Should I? Not necessarily. But believe me, I only want to help you. Help you help your daughter. I think we can manage by ourselves. Are you managing by yourself? So far. You don't know what lies ahead. It's not possible for anyone to know the future. No. We can only guess, but some guesses are more accurate than others. Mine, for instance. I think you had better tell me who you are. Not yet. Not now. But I'll be back, Dr. Barnes. Till then, watch out for your daughter. Take care of her. There's danger ahead. And 
last she was gone. Simply slipped out the door before I could stop her. I was left standing in the middle of my office, open-mouthed and staring. Was this some demented woman from off the streets of Dandridge? But in a town like ours, everybody knew everybody else. Was she a newcomer? Well, then, where did she come from? And how? Was she another traveler on our dying railroad? Had she, too, arrived on the 516? Sit down, Papa. Everything's on the table. Mary, child, there's something that I have to tell you. Help yourself to potatoes. A woman came to see me today. New patient? No. She wanted to talk to me about you. What is she? Some snoop? Really, Papa? Well, she seems to know that you're interested in some man. That's nobody's business but my own. I hope you told her. Honey, she said to tell you that, that you can never have this man. Papa, I hope... She says that the man is hers. Maybe he was once. Not now. Mary. It doesn't bother you that some other woman has a claim on him? She thinks she has. Or even thinks she has. That doesn't bother you? Well, I imagine there are a lot of women who've been in love with him. He's a beautiful man. Very wise. Very knowing. I look in his eyes and I can see everything. Clear to the end of the world. I know it all. Honey, you've got to let me meet him. You've got to tell me his name. I've got to get to know him. I want to protect you, to take care of you. I'm your father. I'm grown up now, Papa. I still love you, but I'm not your little girl anymore. I'm a grown-up woman. Is there any feeling more helpless than loving that is futile? When you offer your heart to someone who hands it back to you, when you're given to understand that you are superfluous, extraneous, and really unwanted, that your love is really a nuisance. That's how I felt that night. And before office hours, I, I hurried down to see Ben Harper in his room across from the railroad tracks. Come on in, Dr. Barnes. <laughs> what brings you here, huh? Sit down, sit down. No, no, I, I have to get back. Some coffee. Ben, Ben, did you see... The 516 pull in yesterday. Why, sure. Did a woman get off? Just the usual commuters, a regular five. No woman? Didn't say any. Ah. Then a woman came to my office. Nobody from around here. Well, I suppose she could have come on an earlier train. Nope, wasn't a woman coming yesterday on any train. I, I, I'd have noticed. I'd have remembered. <laughs> Not many trains left, and... Soon there won't be any 516. Oh? They're taking Dandridge off the schedule. Why did it mean so much to me that the railroad was canceling out the 516? If this unknown man had designs on my little girl, for father-like, I could not believe he meant her any good. He could come to town by some other train. We still had one that went to the city in the morning and one that came back in the early evening, sufficient for our five commuters. <laughs> for that matter, he might have an automobile, a motorcycle. There were other ways he could come to Dandridge than by the rickety old 516. 
They're taking off for 5.16. Oh, have some butter. I didn't put any on the beans. That's the train your young man comes to town on, isn't it? He's not so young. Oh, no? How old is he? I really don't know. You never asked him? I never cared. Anyway, isn't that the train he comes in on, the 5.16? That's the one. Mm-hmm. I suppose he could take the 6.22. I suppose he could. When they cancel the 5.16, I mean. It really doesn't make any difference, Papa. Mary, how can it not make any difference? If you love him the way you say you do, the way you seem to... I do love him. I'm going to go away with him. Mary, you cannot do that. But I'm going to. A man I don't know? A man I've never met? A man I know nothing about? What kind of a father am I if I let you? Papa, can't you understand that you have nothing to do with this? This is just between him and me. That is not right. Things are not done that way. Some things are. This thing is. Oh, Mary. You make me feel like I don't count for anything. Oh, you do. You do. But let me help. Let me be a part of this thing. It's just not possible, Papa. One day soon, he's going to give me a ring. He's promised you a ring? And then I'll go away with him. Everything was slipping away from me. All the certainties I had ever enjoyed. All the faiths I'd ever held. All the feelings that I put my trust in. All were quaking in the wind of gigantic fear. Something was happening that I could not comprehend, could not influence in the least way. My brain seemed incapable, even useless. How I managed to care for my patients, I cannot tell. Instinct and long experience told me what to do. For the rest... I was left to struggle with failing powers against something I could not in the least comprehend. It was with no surprise that I looked up one day to see the woman. How did you get in? The sign says, knock and enter. Did you knock? Forget me. What do you want? To remind you of what I told you before. You think I could forget? The man is mine. I told her what she said. Oh. It didn't disturb her in the least. It should have. She says that he's going to give her a ring. What kind of ring? I don't know. She makes me feel as though I shouldn't ask. As though it's none of my concern. That must be very hard for you. Uh, yes, it's very hard. Can't you stop her? Can't you stop him? You must have some rights. No, I haven't any. Well, I cannot tell her not to take a ring from a man who wants to give it to her. No. You can't. The days are long past when the father could lock his daughter in her room. Locking her in her room wouldn't make any difference. Mm. Well, it might postpone everything until I could figure out what to do. There's nothing you can do. Once he gives her the ring, it's all over. I, I didn't really understand anything the woman was saying. For that matter, I hardly recognized my own words. They came from my mouth with no plan or volition of my own. I didn't even know who the woman was or why I was standing there talking to her. Talking as though we were old friends, as though we shared a common problem, a, a mutual concern. As though, as though we were joined by a feeling of helplessness and a sense of impending doom. 
I wanted to be angry with her. Indignant at her interference, I wanted to demand explanations, excuses. But I couldn't. I simply accepted her presence, answered her questions the best way I could. And and I felt grateful that she pitied me. Who is it? It's Dr. Barnes, Ben. Well, come in, Dr. Barnes. Thank you. Something I can do for you, Doctor. Well, Ben, I... I don't know if anybody can, can do anything. Well, sit down. Let me get you something. A, a drink, no, maybe. No, no, no. A cup of tea. Ben, Ben, that woman came to see me again. The, the one I told you about? I thought you might have seen her get off the 516. Oh, I didn't see any woman get off. Well, perhaps she came some other time, some other way. I, I don't know. She simply showed up in my office the way she did before. She wouldn't come by the 516 anymore. They took it off today. If they took it off, then maybe... I'll miss that old train. Just maybe. Now the old 516 will just race on past. I'll go out and salute the engineer. No more talking with him. Isn't that the train whistle? Yep, that's it. Come on with me. Let's go down there. I, I can see it coming around the bend. Let's go. Ben. Ben, there's Mary. I can see her. That's her red coat. Oh, come on. Let's get down there. But she's standing in the middle of the track. Let's go. The old train's not going to stop. Does she think she's doing? They'd have had to slow down a little around in the bend. Will they see her, Ben? Well, the red coat will help some. Oh, there she is. She's just standing there. Is she trying to get herself killed? Mary! Mary! Get off the track, girl! She doesn't even hear us. Oh, I've got you. Oh, my dear. My dear, what on earth? Why on earth? Why would you do such a thing? Oh, my little girl. She all right, Doctor? Huh? Yeah, she's, she's, she's all right. She's awfully pale. Yeah, but she's safe. She's all right. Well, I'm going to speak to the engineer and tell him she's okay. Oh, Ben, listen, will, will, will you thank him for me? Yeah, he did a good job breaking like that. Mary. Mary, my little girl. Mary, you, you're, you're all right, aren't you? I'm going to take you home, honey. I'm going to put you to bed. And you're going to have a, a good rest. And then when you're feeling all right, we'll just have a good, a good long talk. You know, I haven't been the right kind of a father to you, my little one, but it's, it's, it's going to change. I'm going to do better. I'm going to be better. Mary? Mary? Do you hear what I'm saying to you, Mary? Papa? Oh, yeah, dearie. Yeah, what is that? Papa. Did the train stop? That's all she wanted to know. Did the train stop? Nothing about herself. Nothing about me. Nothing about the two of us. And everything I've been trying to tell her about, how things would be different now and better now. No, no. All she wanted to know was, did the train stop? educate her, give her presents, and buy her pretty things, but he can never understand her. 
no more than he has ever understood or can ever understand any other woman on the face of the earth. I shall be back shortly with Act Three. act ended when Mary Barnes tried to stop the 516 train by standing in the middle of the tracks. She was saved by her father and the now retired station master, Ben Harper. As her father held her in his arms and attempted to reassure her that the future would be brighter, better, her only response was, did the train stop? Sixteen never stopped at Dandridge again. But every day, as it rounded the bend, my daughter Mary, in her little red coat, stood where the old station house had been and watched it approach. Watched it come on with undiminished speed. And watched it disappear. As Mary watched the train, Old Ben Harper, retired now and living across the street over the ice cream parlor, watched her. Your girl sure loves the old trains, Dr. Barnes. Only one train, Ben. The 516. It had been going on that way for almost a year. People in town thought that Mary just dropped off at the tracks on her way home from the store. But I knew better. So did Ben, though neither one of us knew for a certainty or in any detail why she did it. But one day, Ben called me. Dr. Barnes. This is Ben Harper, Doctor. I got something to tell you. Mary said I shouldn't, but I think I should. Well, what is it, Ben? She didn't want you to do anything like that for her, now, did she? Oh, I, I told her I couldn't do it for anything except an emergency. And if it was an emergency, like somebody sick or dying, seeing as Danvich hasn't got a hospital, I, well, then I could do it. Well, when did you tell her that? particular train she wanted you to flag down.
Yes, Papa. I'm in my office. I know. Uh, come on over here. Now, now, let me have a look at you. What's the matter? That's what I'm trying to find out. Do you feel all right? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, now just put this under your tongue. What for? Don't argue with me. That's it. Now, Mary, Ben Harper just called me. He says that you've been pestering him about flagging down a train for you. He said you told him that you needed to go to a hospital, that you were sick. Now, you know perfectly well that if you're sick, you come to me. Or just, just nod your head. Okay. Now, it's not getting to the hospital that's on your mind, Mary. That's not why you want a train stopped. People don't check into a hospital in the evening, and you know that. There's no reason to take a train at 516, is there? Now, Mary, I have tried to understand. I have been patient, I think. I think maybe I've been too patient. All right, now, let me have a thermometer. No fever. That is what I thought. Pulse rate is okay. Mary, you are not sick. Well, well, what have you got to say for yourself? Papa. Yes, dearie? I'd like to go upstairs and lie down. My dear, you're not sick. I'm very tired. All right. All right, you get into bed and I'll pull the blinds down. Don't worry about dinner. Yes, Papa. All right, now run along now. Papa, he promised me a ring. He promised me a ring. Somehow, the day passed. I checked on the food in the icebox. I saw some patients. Oh, I ate a sandwich for lunch. I answered the phone. I tried to keep busy. I guess I succeeded. But no matter where I was or what I was doing, my mind was centered on the young figure lying in her bed upstairs. So troubled, so haunted, so in love as only a young girl can be in love with a man I did not know, had not even met. But he could be anyone, anyone at all. They were tortured hours. I heard myself talk. I felt myself move. I saw my hands taking hold and letting go. I looked into eyes and down throats. I wrote prescriptions. I think now and then I even smiled and gave encouragement. But all of it was unreal. All done by a self I no longer recognized. So it was natural. The only natural thing of the whole unnatural day. When I turned and saw the woman. Dr. Barnes. Oh, it's you. I had to see you. You're not looking well. I have something to tell you. About the man? Yes. Do you know that that man is ruining my daughter's life? Do you know that after they took the train off, she started haunting the tracks? That she is obsessed with the thought of stopping it? That she has gone to our old station master to get him to flag it down? Gone to him with lies about being ill, having to get to a hospital? I know all that. He is killing my daughter, and I don't even know who he is. Dr. Barnes, the man is dying. What? Dying? You say that he's dying. He won't last out the night. Well, if you love him... 
If you love him, I'd like to say that I'm sorry, but I can't. All I can do is wonder if I should tell my daughter. I wonder how to tell her. You won't need to tell her, Doctor. She'll know. I don't remember her leaving. But when I looked up, she'd gone. And after a while, I roused myself. I climbed the stairs to my daughter's room. I opened the door. She was sleeping so peacefully. Her young breast rising and falling, even a little smile on her lips. Well, whatever I had to tell her could wait. I closed the door, went back downstairs. In my office sat Ben Harper. Oh, Ben, what in the world? Oh, I'm glad you're here, Dr. Barnes. I wouldn't have known where to look for you. Well, what's the matter, Ben? It's Mary. She's down at the tracks. I, I just saw her. Oh, now, Ben, Mary's upstairs in her bed. She's sleeping. Oh, she's not. Well, I, I just looked in on her myself. Dr. Barnes, I saw her from my window a minute ago. Quarter past five on the top. No, that's impossible, Ben. From my window, I saw her. She had on a red coat. She stood there with her hands in her pockets, stood there and waited. And then the train came in. She looked up. And she smiled. And then, Dr. Barnes, the train stopped. It stopped. I hadn't called in. I hadn't asked for it. And I, I certainly didn't flag it down. But something must have happened. Something between Mary and the engineer. I don't Mary and somebody, some kind of connection. So all she had to do was stand there and wait. And the train... Oh, Ben, old friend. And then Dr. Barnes, Mary, gathered herself together and she got on the train. Oh, Ben. And the train pulled out. I hadn't been able to move till then. But when I saw that train pull out with Mary on it, I knew I had to come straight to you and tell you. That Ben, an old railroad man like you, sitting up there in your room watching the trains go by, you're almost bound to start seeing things. I saw Mary. Now, look, you come with me up to Mary's room. That is where she is, but Ben. I know. I saw her. I know that you're very fond of my daughter. Oh, I am. And you... Now, now look here, Ben, hanging on the newel post. Mary's red coat. Yeah, so you see. She was... Where is it when she got on that train? Look, let's go on upstairs. You'll see she's asleep in her bed. But I saw her, Doctor. Then I had a visitor today. Someone came to see me and told me that the man Mary's been in love with hasn't long to live. Is that certain? For all I know, he's dead right this very minute. Oh, here's Mary's room. Now, look there, Ben. Look, what did I tell you? She's sleeping? Yeah. She's been sleeping all day. Oh, I'm sorry, Doctor. I guess I'm an old man. You're right. Oh, now, now. Nothing to feel bad about. Look here, why don't you, uh, why don't you stay and have dinner with us if you can stand my cooking? Oh, I don't know. It's almost time. Uh, I'll wake Mary up and, and... What is it, Dr. Barnes? Mary. Mary, dear. Uh, Mary. Doctor? She was sleeping. What is it? Ben. 
then she was sleeping, and now she's dead. Oh, no. Oh, Doctor. I don't understand it. Doctor. Doctor. There was something in her hand. What? I don't know. Looks like a ring. A ring? Let me see it. Is it a ring? Yeah. It's a ring. It's a ring. It's like the one I gave her mother. The ring that was on her finger when we laid her in her grave. It wasn't the same ring, of course. Though it was very like. Lately, I've been thinking, where did it come from? Ben said perhaps she bought it for herself in town. But our stores don't carry anything like that. Even so, how would she know the design of her mother's ring when she had never seen it? Did the man she loved actually give it to her? And if he did, I mean, if he did, when did it pass from his hand to hers? Oh, my, my mind grows weary. Mary, she's lost me forever now. Buried like her mother with a ring on the third finger of her left hand. Time for speculation has passed. And yet... And yet... One last thought knocks at my brain. Who was the woman who came three times to see me? Who tried to save my daughter from the man who rode the train? Who cared enough about the two of us to do that? Only one. Only one. My Mary's mother. My own wife. Oh, it's all fanciful imagining. I know, but... Somehow the thought consoles me and I'm able to go on. I'm a very old man now. Older than my years. Every day I close my office at five o'clock and go down to the tracks and watch the 5.16 go by. It never stops. There really are people who die of love. Let nobody tell you there are not. It is not a subject for jest or flippancy. Sometimes they die because the beloved is untrue or fails them in little or large ways. Sometimes they die because the loved one dies. And sometimes they die because they are in love with death. More often than not, I suspect. I'll be back shortly. for her father. Both struggled with feelings they did not comprehend. Neither their own nor those of the other. But they struggled. They tried. They loved. They gave what they had to give each to the other. No more should be asked of anyone. Our cast included Norman Rose, Jada Rowland, Ann Shepard, and Jean Francis. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown.
Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by True Value Hardware Stores. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams. Mystery Theater was also brought to you in part by ShopRite Supermarkets, where you get a lot more for a little less. It's back to school time, so make room for all the things they're going to need. Backpacks for leading the pack, crayons for coloring outside the lines, string cheese for trading at lunchtime, pens for passing notes in homeroom, and coffee for you, making it through the season like a champ. Get your shopping done in a few clicks with your back-to-school sidekick, Shipt. Order now at shipt.com slash high. That's S-H-I-P-T dot com slash high.